All right. We have a great episode of Side Retired, the MLB podcast coming at you guys today. Jared Lakin is joining us today from Team Israel, the 2017 World Baseball Classic. So let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Nico, as well as our behind the scenes man, David. Today, as we're going to be talking 2017 World Baseball Classic with a guy that actually experienced it and was a part of the tournament a couple of years ago, Jared Lakin. But before we introduce our guest, Nico, David, how are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank God. Can't complain, bro. Doing great. Excited to talk about WBC. Probably my favorite thing to talk about when it comes to baseball. Absolutely. And the new tournament in 2023 is going to be taking place, I believe, a little bit more than a month from now, but we're definitely excited and want to get the juices flowing and starting to talk about the WBC. Jared, how are you doing today? And welcome to the podcast. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And David, as you know, is a huge Team uh, team Israel fan. So David, if you want to get us kickstarted and what you want to talk about today. Yes, uh, you were a part of Team Israel. I want to know how was the experience be playing for Team Israel six years ago? Oh, it's, uh, it was a great experience. It was something I'll never forget. Um, all the way from the qualifier in Brooklyn to uh, me playing. Uh, I, I missed the, the Korea part, but I met up with the team in Japan. And that for the seven, uh, I think it was eight, eight or nine days that I was there, was, I mean, it was unbelievable. And then sort of what is that process? Because I know most people are probably familiar with seeing like the finals and sort of seeing that there was uh, the U.S. versus I believe it was Puerto Rico. But what was that whole process like of sort of forming the team, being informed you're going to become a member of Team Israel and then that sort of two week period of actually playing for them? Yeah, so my my journey, I guess, started in 2016. I got a call when I was in double A with the Pirates uh, from Peter uh peter kurtz and he uh he asked me if i wanted to join team israel in the qualifying uh games in brooklyn uh in 2016 and uh then and whoever won that that qualifier ended up getting the the bid to to the wbc and and into korea and i was like yeah sure of course i want to do that so after the season ended went over to brooklyn and, and we competed and and won that and so during that uh, 2016 offseason, um, I was offered a major league invite by the Pirates, and I had a little dilemma. I had to choose that or the WBC, uh, at least the first round, and I ended up choosing going to big league camp because it was my first one. never didn't want to miss it, and uh, yeah, it was tough, um, but the team, team won uh, in, in Korea, moved on, and Peter asked me if I wanted to join up because he had some uh, uh, roster uh, additions, I think it was, um, and they, they chose uh, ended up choosing me to, to tag along with the team in uh, Japan. And from then, it was, uh, yeah, it was wild. It was from, from the travel, which was funny. Um, I, I left on my birthday, which, was March, which is March 9th uh, in Florida, ended up traveling all night. I guess I was going into the future, I think it was, so or back in time, uh, all the way to Japan, and that was, uh, I think it ended up being like 15, 16 hour from 
Florida to Chicago to Chicago to San Fran to San Fran. It was it was like a funny way to to spend my birthday on on a plane, first class, because uh, they hooked it up. Uh, I got to fly first. The only time I've ever flown first class was from uh, San Francisco to Tokyo, and I was like, yeah, that's the coolest thing ever. So. Um, yeah, drink drinking sake on my birthday, you know, up in the air. It was it was funny. And then when we uh, ended up playing, it was a whole nother level of you know just a different culture of, of uh, baseball. You know, baseball over there is a little bit different. Um, even the fans and that just very cool experience to do something like that. And uh, wish every every ball player had has the ability to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get to drink sake in first class on your birthday, it's kind of pretty successful day. Say. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So you were kind of touching on, like, the difference and, like, how much it was a lot different when you were playing in Japan and kind of playing for, like, your country versus other people representing your country. How would you kind of compare that to, like, just pro ball and kind of going through people playing in different organizations versus people playing when they're representing the place that they're from? Yeah, it's definitely uh, different in terms of – I never went to college and played baseball, but from the guys on the team, it was very uh, collegiate style. You know, you have to win every pitch, every inning. And, you know, in pro ball, a lot of it's development. And, you know, uh, it's a longer season. Obviously, uh, the WPC is very, very short. You only have a limited amount of games, and you don't have that – it's almost uh, – a lot of guys were saying it, it's like I'm playing at Omaha where, like I said, you know, every pitch matters, every out matters, uh, even to the fine, fine, fine uh, nanosecond, it seems like, you know, every decision, everybody's got to stay ready uh, at all moments. So uh, it, was, it was very, very high pace for a game that seems to be so slow paced. Um, it was very fun. Um, but yeah, that, that was uh, the culture of that. Um, which made it also different in Japan. It seemed like the people watching the game were so in tune with it. Uh, you know, them reading it, the, you know, if there's a man on first and, you know, ground ball to the shortstop, people started getting crazy. But, you know, sometimes in, in, a, in the States, you know, people are on their phone and it, you know, here comes a foul ball or flying object and they get, you know, smoked in the head or something or just, it just seemed like everybody was, in tune in the game every you know it was it was wild but yeah it's hard to put into words what it was like but so yeah it was great that you got the chance to play over the years over that 2017 span my question to you is what was so unique about the experience playing in japan for israel just the fact that we were playing uh together as a, as a team for, for a bigger cause, you know, for, for the, the state of Israel and, and the, what it means to the people there. And baseball wasn't that. And we were trying to get on the map and, you know, try to bring baseball into, into Israel and feel like we've success, uh, succeeded a lot with that. And, you know, it's, it's growing. Um, the names that are now going to be playing in the WBC, it's just like, man, I, I know that guy was Jewish and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, people coming out and, and you know wanting to to play for. I, we're we're still underdogs, you know. I think we'll always be underdogs, and uh, I think.
think there was one article they even called us the Jamaican bobsled team. So I like that. I like that being being that underdog and being able to to come from from uh, from the ashes and, and you know surprise a lot of people. And it was definitely. I think you guys won. It was your first four games, I believe, of the whole tournament, which definitely beat some tough opponents that a lot of people didn't expect you guys to beat. And I know the team again this year. I was probably going to face a similar situation. I believe they're in a conference with the Dominican Republic, with Puerto Rico, which are two of probably the big powerhouses of the entire tournament, but always seeing Team Israel's that underdog that's going to come out on top, hopefully, and fingers crossed and rooting for all the success in this year's tournament as well. I guess one thing yeah. that I, yeah, um, sort of one thing that I definitely wondered when you mentioned that dilemma between the Pirates and Team Israel is that for that period that you were with Team Israel, is there communication is their contact with the pirates telling them hey i threw a 30 pitch bullpen hey i got into a game today that sort of to make sure because obviously you'd love to pitch a 90 inning or a 90 pitch complete game but also it's still early march you might not built up for that so what is that balancing act kind of like yeah so i think for me and and what kind of role i've always been as a pitcher was you know you better come spring training spring training ready to roll um i'd never have and I like it like yeah, I don't I never had the luxury of being to come into camp and get your ease into your your five innings and stuff like that. It's always been, you know, you're on the bubble. You you gotta come out, you gotta always grind. And I think that uh is uh, that's always been in my preparation in the in the off season and just not being one hundred percent game ready, but you know, being able to at the drop of a hat, hey, you need to go in and, and build this inning or something like that like I've prepared myself for that in the off season so uh, I come a little bit more prepared um, as in terms of you know last minute adjustment stuff for sure and I, I think that played well or plays well with uh, you know being that uh, being ready when Peter says hey you know we needed you or we need you to meet us in in Japan and I'm like yeah we're ready let's go yeah, your adrenaline does take over a lot for sure. <laughs> was that something you always had? Because I know you talked about how you didn't go to college, so I'm assuming did you get like drafted out of high school, or um, was that yeah, something so, that you always had? Oh my bad, you're saying? No, you're fine. Yeah, no, I've uh, I was drafted out of high school as a hitter actually, and uh, for the first three years um, didn't do a lot of hitting, and so they gave me that option. Uh, in 2013, it's either, hey, you want to go home or do you want to try pitching out? Because I had pitched a little bit in high school and, and was fairly, fairly good, um, strong enough arm to, you know, not, they didn't completely give up on me. They gave me one more chance as a, as a pitcher. And, you know, that, that ever since 2013, I've been pitching. So. Absolutely. And then I've so also... I guess even more interesting. That's even more interesting. How is that adjustment like going from hitting to pitching? Yeah, especially at the professional level, it is tough. Um, but be, being a hitter and understanding how hard hitting is, I'm not saying pitching is easy by any means, but it does make it a little easier saying, you know, you can fill up the zone and, like, you can throw a, the best pitch in the world and then he can hit it, or you throw the worst pitch in the world and he can hit it. So um, that's kind of where um, – where it comes in men mentally um, easier to adjust and, uh, and and just have your foot on the pe gas pedal as a pitcher uh, and not overthink stuff. 
you know. Absolutely. And then in a similar fashion, I guess, because you've also played in many different sort of leagues and very different uh, competition levels, whether it's the WBC, whether it's playing an organized ball, getting up to, I believe, double A, and then also now independent league. Is it sort of a different mindset with the different leagues or is it the same thing? I'm 60 feet, six inches away. I'm going to pitch my pitch, throw my game, that sort of mentality. Yeah, definitely. I, I always think that you should have that aggressive mentality, whether it's in the big leagues or you're in a backfield uh, and no one's watching. Um, it is tough when, you know, you're on a backfield and no one's watching. Um, but I, I think that it's one of those deals where it, you try to be the same guy, whether you're, you're, uh, you don't want to ride that wave too high or too low to stay in the middle. And uh, yeah, kind of simplifying the game where it is 60 feet, six inches, got to get strike one, got to, uh, you know, compete with the fastball. You, you got to, you know, move people, you know, make them feel uncomfortable and change eye level and all this other stuff. So um, I, I think that in the game of analytics and you know, I'm doing the same thing with uh, understanding what my fastball does, what my slider can do, my cutter, my sinker, uh, my change of all that understanding the metrics of it helps for me at least, keep the game simple, for sure. Yeah, it's quite amazing what you have done for many years heading into the amazing moment of getting picked to play for Team Israel in 2017. My question for you is, um, what was your daily routine heading into that, and is it different than what you do in other parts of the U.S.? I try to keep my routine as uh, as consistent as possible, um, making sure that my body feels right. Um, if my, my body feels, you know, a little bit off, try to, you know, work it out almost like it's a, a race car. If I feel like my my left arm, my shoulder's kind of tight, we're, we're addressing that. We're, we're in the in the pits, you know, trying to, to loosen that up and trying to just listen to my body more. Um, it was obviously it is different whenever you're younger, you don't need to, uh, get as loose, but when you do get a little bit older, um, taking all that stuff, hydration and food consumption and sleep and all this stuff that now, um, I think is super, super, uh, vital to not just, you know, my baseball performance, but I guess, you know, general health, um, overall. So, but yeah, just trying to keep that routine. Uh, very consistent, breaking it down into you know the you know main things that your body needs in order to repeat and get out there and do give a hundred percent of what you got because not that's uh, the best day that you have is day one of spring training. Everyone feels a hundred percent like the first day of school and everyone just and then the next day it's like holy crap, everyone just got deflated. You know we just we just shagged. Uh, uh, batting practice for three hours and you're running around and you know it's it's, uh, it's a lot of uh, mentally stimulation going on and uh, it, it's uh, just trying to figure out you know how to, how to stay level basically yeah it seems like nowadays everything that you want to do could be tracked or like with it when it comes to your diet or it comes to baseball it comes to anything are you a big numbers guy like how do you kind of see that like role of analytics because I know there's a lot of people who they want to just use it as a tool, like something that they just take a quick look at. And then there's some people who they have the high speed cameras, they have everything and they want every single thing to be down to like a physical equation. Yeah. 
No, I'm definitely starting to get more like that. Um, I do have a camera and I just like to make sure that I'm, you know, what I'm feeling is what, what I'm, I'm looking at or sometimes what you feel isn't what's real in terms of like what your body's doing. So um, understanding that I've done that a lot more um, videoing and, and slowing down and, and working with uh, uh, a lot of people here in Houston. We got a uh, like a pitching guy that we all work at uh, or work uh, guys that at the facility D, uh, DST Dynamic Sports Train, which is right here behind me. Um, and we all work there. Um, all the guys that train here, uh, we work with a guy named Dave Evans. He's, he's very good. He's worked with a lot of top top pitchers in the in the world, actually. Um, and then I also work with a company uh, Tread Athletics out in North Carolina. Um, so, oh, Tread. So, yeah, yeah. You Tread? Yes. I know a lot of people who have worked with Tread. I've heard great things about it. Actually, yeah. like, um, I'm down here in Miami, and a lot of college guys at um, um, a place called um, Florida International University, they swear by Tread. I know a lot of people have seen great results from yeah. that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I work with them, and uh, that's you know a lot of the reason why I've started to uh, film more um, and working here with Dave and uh, – Kevin Poppy, who, who runs the Tomball uh, location out in Houston. Uh, just the, the, I've worked with DST with my strength training and man for, I want to say at least seven years now. So um, that's kind of, they built the foundation of where uh, my body physically likes to do and not like to do and stuff like that. And, you know, working with tread, just trying to take all of that and, you know, just keep keep on uh, morphing it, I guess, and just keep on testing stuff out and, and just uh, that upward uh, upward track. You know, um, especially as you get older, you try to uh, maximize what you got. So, absolutely, and it all comes together, whether it's biomechanics, analytics, and everything like that, to build up a great pitcher. And it's not often, Nika, that we get to get uh, to speak with a guy that actually does pitching on a daily basis and is a professional pitcher so one thing I'm wondering because obviously as a college pitcher love to pick pitchers brains and stuff like that but sort of what's your repertoire I don't know if you have a baseball near you but pitching grips and all that sort of stuff so yeah pitchers <laughs> always have baseballs around them he's but... a baseball player come on Dylan <laughs> yeah yeah it's in my truck I always have it in my truck it's a big league ball you know you want to play in the big league you gotta you gotta you know understand what it feels like man I always so when I'm driving I'll just go go through my grips just to make sure that, you know, I can do it in my sleep. Uh, just kind of on that little obsessive uh, track with, with making sure everything is perfect, but also making it to where it is, uh, you know, mindless in a way I can do it in my sleep. That's what, that's kind of where I want to get to where if, if I ever get the call to the big leagues, you know, that confidence and, and my preparation if it comes down to me holding the ball while I drive in a certain grip to make it, I'll do it. I don't care if it's, it's not dumb if it works. Right. hundred percent. And you so, also know, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. I was just going to say that, uh, uh, you know, I have a, a four seam fastball, a cutter, a changeup, a slider and a curveball. And I've been working, you know, on those analytically to get even better. And, you know, uh, draw attention to some teams and, and, and hopefully then pick one of them, you know, like it enough to where they, they give me a shot in spring training somewhere. 
Absolutely. And that was the direction I was going to go to next. I think, Nico, we were talking about this earlier and sort of we noticed that you've been grinding along. You've been playing baseball now these couple of past few seasons. I know you got elbow surgery recently, but is the goal still you're driven to get back to the majors? You're driven to be on that big league mound, whether it's with the Pirates, whether it's with another one of the 29 other organizations in baseball. What's still driving you? And obviously your road to recovery is still a really strong one because you're recovering from elbow surgery and obviously still pitching and doing great things working out with tread and with dst yeah no it was definitely unfortunate uh, it was probably the worst time ever to have an elbow surgery um i had pitched like i said since 2013 and never had any issues other than your normal uh, my my arm's kind of sore today you know obviously baseball or the throwing motion of a baseball is not natural to a human so um but uh, in 2021, I had made my first start in uh, Lancaster against the Gastonia Badgers. I think they're the Badgers or Honey Badgers. But anyway, we're, we're playing in Gastonia, and I go out for my first couple innings, and I, my slider's on. I'm throwing hard, and, you know, they, they weren't hitting what I was throwing. And I, had, I think, four or five strikeouts through um, three innings. And so I go out there for my last one, or ended up being my last one. And I couldn't hold the ball. Um, I had walked the first guy on four straight, which was weird because in the first couple innings, I was, I think I threw 20 strikes out of 21 pitches. It's something weird like that. And uh, I just felt I was in that zone. I was in that flow state. And then, it's, you know, went out for, I walked the first guy. Somehow I struck two more guys out. Um, yeah, and, and had my ended up being the last guy with a two-two count, and I just wanted him to swing at this slider, and he checked his swing, ended up you know walking him, and they took me out, and um, yeah, come to find out, I needed Tommy John, and that was 2021 where uh, it was the Olympics, and Peter had asked me, um, I was most likely going to be on that team as well, and I had just thought that you know my arm you know, locked up or something. It was just tendonitis, so I tried to work through it. Didn't work and ended up, uh, they took me off the roster. And when they, the day that they took me off the roster, I went home and started that whole process on getting my elbow um, further looked at and ended up having to go to uh, Dr. Andrews in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, or his facility. And they uh, patched it right up, you know, Basically, what had happened, my the ligament in my elbow was totally fine, but I had a uh, a piece of bone, probably the size of my thumb or my thumbnail, that uh, had been growing in my elbow when I the surgeon said maybe about since when I was 12 years old, and so uh, since I was 12 years old, this piece of bone that popped off started snowballing, and on that on one pitch or in that, in that inning, it pops off my elbow. And my ligament was trying to hold it in and that, you know, back and forth motion. That's why I couldn't feel anything. Um, and I passed all those tests of like, the, you know, the standard, you know, is your UCL. I didn't feel a pop. So um, that was kind of uh, why well, I thought I just had some elbow issues. And I had been throwing, but it just felt really, really uncomfortable. Come to find out that, you know, the only way to get that piece of bone out is to rip everything out of your elbow and do the old school Tommy John surgery where they pull the, the uh, spare tire, as they call it, 
the way to fill the, that gap was to take the biggest ligament and it uh, comes out of your hamstring. So that was very unfortunate because when I was feeling good, I was throwing well, I was going to you know, be on the uh, Israeli Olympic team. Um, and then it just, boom, really, uh, really hit a valley right there. Really a big, uh, big roadblock and trying to find a detour and get back on path. And, um, here we are where I just, uh, speaking of tread, just got back from the tread, uh, pro day. Uh, mine was on Tuesday or sorry, not Tuesday. I was on Saturday and, um, did well and, uh, felt, felt, felt really good about what I, what I produced there. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just, we're still at it. That's basically, uh, kind of short, the whole rehab process and where we're at and, you know, how long that's, it's been, uh, I think 17 months now. So after surgery. That's awesome, bro. This fact that you've made a full recovery, especially when like probably the scariest thing to every baseball player is hearing the word surgery, especially when it comes to the arm. Like I've, yeah. to, from the people I've talked to, it's just like the biggest thing is like that mental battle. And like some people, everyone goes through it differently. Obviously. Did you feel like when you had, like you obviously were going through the rehab process, was it more of a like relearning to throw? Cause I've, I've, some people that I've talked to, like it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like meaning like they, they really like were able to get back into it after a couple of months. And some people they've told me like, I completely had to relearn the throw. Yeah. I, I took it as a, uh, like a rebuilding of my whole body. Um, because like I said, they, they took the, the, the graph or the spare tire out of my landing leg. Um, so my throwing arm and my landing leg, there was both had been cut into. And so, a lot it was actually worse on my hamstring and learning how to strengthen my hamstring back again um was worse for a for a certain amount of time obviously um i couldn't walk it was like i was limping around everywhere because uh and when they they'd normally take it out of the same arm when just so for recovery purposes but um yeah just strengthening that whole uh, that side of my body again and you know balancing everything out and learning uh, how to throw, and I wouldn't say, yeah, to what you're saying, I didn't really have to relearn how to throw. It was just like, okay, I have a new arm. Maybe we need to, now that we have to start from zero again, why don't we start uh, learning a, not a new arm path, but make it more efficient, how to make my body more efficient as, uh, you know, as, a, as a pitcher or a thrower. And, um, yeah, that, doing that whole process, it was it was frustrating but fun. I had to also – uh, learn to throw right-handed so that I can make it a little bit easier to learn when I, you know, come throw left-handed. And um, the reason, another reason why I uh, learned to throw right-handed was because um, I needed to, to work. So I, I do private lessons. I do hitting and pitching and fielding and all that. And so I always throw batting practice and I always threw batting practice with my left arm. And so I started learning to throw right-handed so I can, so the kids could still see something out of the hand. And uh, now all I do is throw right-handed all day uh, when I do lessons Monday through Friday. So <laughs> it, uh, I, it's one of those things where I, I can, I can teach myself. I can teach, you know, a, an eight-year-old, you know, a little bit better mechanics. So, um, but yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, I was like, that, that'd be like a little mental challenge on top of the challenge that I'm already coming back with my, uh, my left arm. So just kind of keep my mind 
moving like that, I think, helped me not get, you know, too low or too high as in, you know, terms of progress for sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I'm just go. cheering that we have the next switch pitcher. That's all. I'm <laughs> No, no, it's just batting practice speed. It's just batting hey, practice. Those speed. eight-year-olds can't. If the eight-year-olds can't hit it, I think I think you got to test it out. Uh, don't don't tap me now. <laughs> I might start getting into a program with my right arm now. <laughs> we got the next Pat Venditti with us today. Yeah. Uh, well, we do have a couple sort of these nice rapid-fire questions to throw at you. We call it the side retired segment because if you get three outs in baseball, obviously you've retired the side. So we've got these sort of fun questions to throw at you before we wrap up and then get you on your merry way if you're game for it. All right. Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, you did just mention at the beginning of this episode that you used to hit. So do you think it's easier for you to get a hit while hitting off of Shohei Otani or striking him out as a pitcher? Man, I want to say, I want to say hitting because I can just gear up for a fastball, but I know how hard hitting his fastball is, but uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with uh, striking him out. Yeah. Because he's, he's left-handed and left on left. I like those odds for sure with my slider, my fastball. I think it feel real confident. It would be fun to hit off too. <laughs> like it. The second one we have for you is who's the toughest hitter you've ever faced. It could have been in the WBC, could be in the minors, independent league, a crazy high school, good hitter that you remember from back then, but anything you got the toughest guy. Toughest guy. It's hmm. a great question. Brock Stassi. Brock Stassi, when we were in uh, playing in Lancaster, which is a bandbox to, to right field, he's, he's a left handed hitter. Um, I broke his bat and he still hit it out of the ballpark. Like it, his bat broke and he hit it out. Oh. That, in my mind, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little oh, it was a no. creeper, but hey, home run's a home run. So um, I do remember that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, that, and it was one of those rainy days. No one's at the ballpark, you know. Uh, it was very, uh, yeah, that was a memorable, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess last one, in your whole professional career or even in high school, what's your favorite baseball player that you've had? Sorry, broke up on the last part. What was it favorite baseball? Oh, one? your fa- favorite baseball moment. Hmm, pitching in the Tokyo Dome for sure. That was a weird like going back to pitching in a dome versus pitching outside or pitching. You know, every you play in different places. That um, I played in the Metrodome one time. And that was, but that was empty. But you know, when you're uh, playing in front of uh, in Tokyo, you're playing against Tokyo or sorry, Japan in Tokyo. And there's eight, seven, I think there's 70,000 there. Uh, when I was pitching, it was very strange because the noise seemed like it just sat, you know, a, like 10 feet above your head. And I could have conversation easily with, you know, the guy at first base or the first baseman or, you know, just you know, with the shortstop. It was, it was the sound is almost like stopped at the seat, like 10 feet above you. And it was like this, quiet and it almost it was it was eerie in a way but it was loud it was bet drums are banging and you know their fans are screaming you don't know what they're screaming you know it's crazy uh it was, it was yeah that was wild yeah for sure i love it and then obviously that sounds the, electric 
Exactly. The yeah. Real Baseball Classic coming back, I think, a month and a half from now. Definitely make sure to check that out. The environment, I believe, Nico, you said their game is going to be in Miami this year. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff happening in the WBC. The last thing we have for you to have a little bit of fun is that we let our guests sort of pick the direction of where the show is going to go in in the future by you get to nominate. It could be a former WBC teammate. It could be a teammate from the minors. It could be anything that you say. I nominate this guy to now make an appearance on the podcast at some point in the future. Yeah, definitely. That's a great way to, uh, I, I'd love for this guy to tell his story. His name is Gan- Garrett Granite, and he, he was my uh, my road roommate for three years in in uh, Lancaster, one of my good friends. And uh, he uh, he's a submarine pitcher, or was. He, he ended up retiring this past year, but... but talk about a guy that he, he made it all he didn't make it into affiliate ball at all um definitely has the stuff to do it um just you know bad luck here and there but i mean he he built himself from uh you know the lowest levels of the indie ball to making all the way to the atlantic league which is a uh, very very uh prestigious league as in terms of you know guys that have played there the the playing level all that stuff and he's he grinded it out for a very, very long time and uh, got to respect what, what he did on the field for sure. And, and just overall, he's a great guy. 100%. Nico, we got to get to start contacting Garrett and figure this one out. <laughs> yeah, of definitely. Course. I'm sliding into his DMs right now. <laughs> yeah, submarining into his DMs. <laughs> exactly. Going to submarine into it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all the time and insight today. We really appreciate it. Make sure to go check out the WBC and we will definitely be watching your career and hoping that one of those organizations is going to pick you up and we really appreciate all the insight on the WBC your career tread yeah. athletics and everything you've taken us through today so Nico yeah, Dove no unless problem. there's anything else you guys want to throw in go Sox <laughs> all righty until just excited time. for the world baseball classic let's go I'm ready to see the world baseball classic I'm excited Ready to see the upset. You're ready to see uh, (laughs) Team Israel beat the Dominican Republic, huh? I hope hope they win a good amount of games. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I'm calling it. It's going to happen. It'll happen. It it could be anyone's day. Anyone's day. That's the beauty of baseball. I'm definitely getting tickets, so I'll be there. (laughs) <laughs> nice i mean i'm gonna I, i'm gonna i'm gonna try and see as many games as i can now that i'm down here yeah you should <laughs> sounds great it, all right it's yeah <laughs> it's an electric atmosphere from what you're telling us yeah it's definitely gonna be great absolutely all right thank you so much unless you guys have anything else i think we're all good to go and the side is retired Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeedGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the NFL and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, that was a great interview we just had with Jared Lakin talking all things Team Israel and his career. Really learned a lot of insightful parts, including what we should expect for the upcoming tournament, as well as he got into a lot of detail about the Tommy John recovery process, which he's currently going through, as well as a blending of analytics versus the eye test with Tread Athletics that he's doing. 
as well as his career in all the multiple different stops that he's had, including Team Israel, the minor leagues, and most recently, independent baseball. Of course, we really appreciate all the time that Jared gave us today, the insight, the fun, the laughs, as well as if you haven't checked out his teammate that we had on last week, definitely check out that interview as well with Jake Kalish. But until the next time, for Dylan, James, and Jack, as well as David and Nico today, until the next time, the side is retired. <laughs>